We are continuing on talking about um, evidences for God, uh, and so we're going to take a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a shift in in discussion. Instead of um, the last week, we basically just focused on some logic arguments. Uh, and again, as we said, you know, not every ev- not every type of uh, evidence. Um, so they're all good ones, is interesting to all people. Different people have, you know, if you have a science background, then science is more interesting. If you have a history background, history is more interesting. Uh, We are going to shift a little bit to some more science today, Um, other than just, you know, simply philosophical uh, concepts. And and, um, the, uh, the ability to defend our faith um, relies on uh, not just uh, it's a knowledge of of God not just from the Bible but uh, from our own experience uh, from our understanding uh, so I want to read Psalms 19.1 Psalms 19.1 Okay, uh, so so here is now. This is not an evidence, right? We're not uh, one of the things we begin with saying is while we're proving God, you can't use the Bible to prove God, uh, in the sense that um, you can't say, well, the Bible says He exists, so therefore He exists. We have to have some sort of empirical evidence if we're going to say I'm proving something. This is uh, a theory uh, without looking at it, without knowing it. Um, a human being looks at the Bible and says, well, this is a theory. Um, your theory. I don't necessarily believe it. So I can't use something that's not been established as true to prove something that's not been established as true. So we're going to be looking at there we go. Uh, some evidences from the concept of design. You've heard probably variations of design arguments. We're going to look at uh, some interesting ones. But the, the, but the reason I have the scripture read, and we're going to look into more, is not to prove a thing, but to show that if God exists, it should be provable. Right? Um, the Bible declares that God is provable from what we see, we shouldn't have to. He says, the heavens declare. The heavens declare. As the universe declares and says to us, God exists. You don't need a Bible to be aware of this declaration that there's a God out there. So we're going to look at some, some, um, and, and Wade. Uh, had 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 began that discussion actually in, in one of his comments last week, and we're going to kind of go with that. So uh, the first one, and I'm going to hello, what did I do? There we go. The first one is the discussion of order. So we would say first of all that the universe shows order, right? Um, we have a bunch of systems working together, right? Uh, we have uh, not just 
not just that um, we have multiple systems working together, and we're going to kind of go through some of those and, and see how intricate this really is, but that within each system there's all these components that need that individual system to work. It, it, we oversimplify nature because we go and take a walk and we don't think about all the things that are going on. We see a pretty tree, we see a flower, we see an animal. When my, my daughter <laughs> decided that since my son slept out in the hammock out back the night before, she was going to do it. Uh, uh, Benjamin came in around uh, 4 o'clock the night before last because of the birds. He's like, the cold didn't bother me. I used to see he had like eight billion blankets. It was all birds. Last night, my 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 daughter heard a fox. She didn't really care for that. So um, we have a fox in our neighborhood. There's all these components, and we just see some things, and it's like they're randomly placed, but we don't realize exactly how detailed nature is. We don't, and there's I think a reason for that because God has designed it to be enjoyable, which is a, a kind of a an idea we want to get into down the road. So I want to look at uh, six basic levels of everything that exists and, and see how these systems are not just intricate within themselves, that God has declared that, but that each system is dependent upon the one before it um, and, and affects the one after it. So, so the first one... Uh, if we, okay, I didn't, I don't know why that magically popped up. But the, the first two, I guess, <laughs> uh, we see on a molecular level. And, and again, if, if you like science more than me, uh, you, you know, there's so much. There's no time to fit. Just the more we learn, the more things are interesting. And um, But just as an example, you know, isn't it amazing that an oxygen needs two hydrogens and every hydrogen has that need and they perfectly combine to make something we need, right? So we get H2O. What if the oxygen needed two hydrogens but the hydrogens were structured so that they wouldn't bond with the oxygen to give us water? Everything, and, and, and you go just through all of the elements and all these things form all these necessary components. Chemistry is so amazing. It, it, it's ordered. It's complex. Um, and, and, and so it's not just that, that these, you know, what they call balance electrons form and, and combine in the right way that, hey, look at that, that's a coincidence. But then they form things that are useful, that are necessary. And they don't like form things that we can't use. We don't discover elements that we can't use, that, that have no function. We only discover things that are useful. That's so amazing. Uh, that's just on the molecular level. We're starting where we can't even see. And this forms the foundation of the entire universe from things we can't see that are so structured. Uh, so we go to the next level, which is the cellular level. Also very, very small. 
Yeah. Oh, it's a human cell. <coughs> well, you know, I mean, okay, so there's some stuff in there. There are 13 major necessary parts of a cell that all work together, and if every, any one of them is not there, it don't work. Think about that. I mean, the mitochondria and the nucleosis and all, the ribosomes, all these different things going on that need a cell to work. Interesting that, that, that at the center, think about how many different types of you there are, right? If you look at your body parts, you know at the center of them, each cell is the same. And yet they all make up all these different... It's like, how does that work? How does, how does a, a cell in my eyeball differ in almost no, no way from a fingernail? How? It's amazing. It's complex. It, 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 it boggles the mind. But we oversimplify and we just assume these things. Um, well, and as I said, the, the cell needs all those atoms functioning properly and doing all the things they do to establish a cell, to make this cell work. Well, we move up. Uh, well, while we're still talking about on the cellular level, it was only, it was 100 years ago this year that uh, a Russian chemist by the name of Phoebus Levine outlined the basic functions of DNA. A hundred years ago. That's how smart we are. But it's existed for thousands of years. Without the smart people of the world knowing about it. All this amazing technology, really, is what it is. Living technology. So we move up uh, and look at the body system. Uh, we can't even, we can't even, if you study any biology, just, it blows you away. We'll, we'll do a little bit, not much. Body has how many systems? Huh? Alright, so it depends on how you define them, right? Uh, there are ten basic systems that have systems underneath them, you know. Uh, it, it, we just talked about the basic respiratory systems and digestive systems, all these different systems, and they all are interactive. And if you don't have one of them, you don't have life. The only exception to that, you could say, would be the reproductive system and well, quite frankly, without that, you wouldn't have continuing life. You got one generation. Congratulations. <laughs> and then it all dies out. You have to have all these systems in place simultaneously. They have to be all figured out how they're going to work and how they're going to coordinate. And every one of these systems, as we talked about, is based on a cell. go to the next one well as a as a function of that okay we've just talked about humans all this is going on in different animals and, and all these different plants and fish and birds and all these things 
are a part of a life cycle that is necessary, that we interact. Think of a food chain. Think of, well, mosquito. Why did God make mosquitoes? Population control. Well, we don't want to get out of hand, so I'll make bats. Like, God thought this all out. This is not accidental. There is so... Think about this. How many times do we ever read a smart human being somewhere comes up with an idea the cane toad. You ever heard of the cane toad? They were having a problem with a, a beetle in Australia. So they brought in what was it called a cane beetle. So they brought in a, what, a cane toad, I guess, which they thought would be a natural predator. It wasn't. No. <laughs> They've got cane toads everywhere. The cane toad got to Australia and decided there were things that it liked other than the cane beetle. And so now it's killed off all the stuff. It's like all these other things have become extinct or near extinct in Australia. Like every time humans decide that they're going to be smart and figure out an ecosystem, we screw it up. And we're so smart. And we think that by pure chance, we're taught that everything works together and has all these amazing systems. Isn't it so amazing? If intelligent human beings can't figure this out, I don't think blind chance can figure it out. Right? That, that's, just, that's not logical. And so on a life cycle, I want to see just how, how important a single organism is to an e entire ecosystem. Well, move up a level and we think about the entire environment as a working whole precipitation desalinification of, of, of seawater that's neat that that works that way uh, water water is incredible it's the only substance on the planet that expands when frozen if it contracted, there would be no life. Someone thought, I should probably make this different from any other substance. So it expands and goes to the top of water. If it didn't, it would freeze and go to the bottom and kill all life instantly. One winter would be all you have, and you would kill all life in the ocean, all life in, in lakes. Someone thought that up. And all these systems. You know what the best fertilizer is? What's, it, what's that? No. Well, manure has something in it. has nitrogen in it. There's a... More than that, there is more fertilizer from lightning, actually. The air is full of nitrogen. The problem is, is that straight-up nitrogen can't fertilize the plant. It's actually bad for your plants. It has to be turned into a nitrate, which means it has to be combined with oxygen, which there's a lot of in your air as well. And when lightning flashes, it superheats nitrogen and oxygen, and they combine the nitrate, 
they become heavy and they fall in the rain and fertilize. It's not just it's not just a pretty light show. It's necessary to the environment. Before they were spreading manure, <laughs> right? There's not enough cows. There's not enough cows to do what God does with these amazing light shows. Just every step, and we just we're just scratching the surface of what God does. It's so amazing. So then we go to the universe. Let's just look at our little corner of the universe. Because we could have talked, when we talked about the environment, we could have talked about tides, but that's really not a function of our planet. It's a function of the moon. It's the second most important part of making life happen on this planet. The first being the sun. So without the moon, you have no tides. Without no tides, you have no life. Your sea life dies. You don't clean up. And that's the basis for life on this planet. The majority of the oxygen you breathe is produced in the ocean. Not produced by trees or grass even. It's produced by algae in the ocean. We don't even think... And God has thought of this all out. The sun. Number one aspect of our of life on this planet. The sun. We're at a perfect angle. The degrees that we rotate. The spin of our earth is at a almost perfect speed so that we don't get too hot, too cold. The angles, if the angles were different, if our distance was different, if our speed of going around the sun was longer or shorter. This is all these different things that are within such a small variance to keep life alive. Someone thought it out. It's designed, right? So the order is not the product of chaos. You cannot... You cannot get order out of chaos. We'll look at that in just a second. So therefore, the universe must be the product of an intelligent design. It's intentional. I'm going to look at the second one, which is kind of based off of that. Information. Um, any thoughts on that before we continue? I know it's like you guys all have a vast experience. We could go through this and go through this and go through this. Yeah. Well, the only other amazing part that I think is you, you said it took a hundred years for them to figure out when they had and stuff. God spoke this in an instant. Yeah. It wasn't it took a right. days, but when he did it, it was an instant. Right. Done. Right. That's how simple it was. Right. Mm-hmm. And it takes us hundreds of years to figure right, out. Right, to figure out, oh, hey, this protein works this way. Yeah. All things I work in every day. Engineering. Yep. Chemistry. Biology. Yep. It is all, it's all, it, yeah. And, and so, so God says, listen, it, it's declared... If you, if once you're smart enough to discover it, <laughs> it'll declare itself to you. We take water for granted. Yeah. Water is awesome. It's all it is incredible. Every time I rinse it, it's dissolving. It's dissolving. Yep. 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 Yep.
Yeah. Yeah. If the properties were different, it wouldn't go up a tree. If the, I mean, we need surface tension. If without surface tension, you wouldn't, it wouldn't climb in a tree. There's so much stuff. There's so much stuff about water. It's amazing. Let's talk about information. Uh, so, our universe, and our entire universe is premised on information. We are formulas. Formulas, formulas, formulas. Um, mass and sciences and technology inventions, all based on the idea that there are formulas to figure out things. Now, these formulas are so universal, we call them laws. They're absolute. You don't even know. These are so absolute, you don't even think about them. You are basing your life and your existence on laws from the second you get out of bed. And you don't even realize it. As soon as you step out of bed, you assume that gravity is going to work a certain way. You don't even think about it. You don't cautiously get out of bed thinking, you know, I might fall over or gravity might pull me this way. or Like we assume that gravity pulls us straight down and at a certain rate. If I jumped out of this chair right now, my body would prepare itself to land based on the speed at which I fall, 32 feet per second squared, every time. Like it doesn't just randomly go faster. And, what? I wasn't prepared for that, right? From the moment we get out of that, we're thinking, or, or our body is thinking these formulas, and we don't even, we, we're just so used to it. And we're thinking and living these formulas all day long. Everything. Everything, everything you do. It's math. We, we set our lives. Right? We talk about tides. That's a... Yeah. Well, can't go from the tides. <laughs> oh, high tide. Wait till it... Oh, slow tide. It's all regular. All regular. Well... Random chance, we talk about random chance, it cannot produce a formula. I could flip a penny a million times. There would be no way for you to analyze the heads and tails of that to come up with a formula that would accurately predict what the next flip is going to be. You know what? Because it's random, and random cannot produce an... Uh, you know, it can't produce a formula. It can't produce information. It's just random. So, um, there are people that argue against these these formulas or these ideas. And, well, you know, what's that? Statistics. Yeah, yeah, statistics. People who will argue against design arguments will only do so from the basis of philosophies, they will never introduce empirical data into their arguments. Because they can't. Evidence, all the mathematical evidence lies on one side. Well, where does information come from? Information comes from a mind. That's where its home is. Right. I die, my, where does my information go? gone. But information is always there. Two plus two is always four. Right? These formulas exist. And, and since all of the universe is premised, think about the fact that 
we, someone somewhere decided we're going to send somebody, we're going to put them in a ship, we're going to attempt to override gravity, and we're going to circle the earth, which is at a tilt, which is at a speed, rotating, which is going around, and we're going to use that as a slingshot, and we're going to send them over to here, they're going to go around this thing and land. Then they're going to get back up off of that, do that and come back and get back there. And we trusted human beings. We said, we're going to place your lives at risk to do this. Do you know how many formulas there are to do that? And we did it. Why? Because the entire universe is premised on order and formulas that can be figured out. It's not a head sequence. Came up tail. Sorry, guys. And so, there must be a mind that is greater than the universe that can contain all these formulas. Because I can't contain these formulas. We're just, learnt, we're just scratching the surface of these formulas. Somewhere there must be a mind that created these formulas. There is a God. That's the only thing that can be. The next one. You've heard this one, Paley's Watch. William Paley was a theologian, mathematician in the 1800s. Um, he designed this. You've heard a version of this. And so he said, if I find a watch lying on the ground, I immediately assume two things. First of all, I assume that the watch came to be there. No one that sees a watch and assumes it was always there. No one sees a watch lying on the ground and, and assumes that it came to exist there somehow. Right? You would not assume that. Even if you were never seen a watch before, you would recognize it as something... As, and this is the second assumption. You would Im immediately recognize that a human was involved in it. Its pieces are arranged. Whether it was functioning or not, you would look at it and go, this has a function. Uh, if you were from a, a deepest, darkest village of Africa and, and saw a watch, you would know that it was human. You might try to figure it out, and maybe you wouldn't know how to figure it out, but you would recognize that it has an intended function because of its complexity, because of its arrangement. It's not accidental. We know that this has a function we recognize man as involved in it because man is intelligent, has creative abilities. No one would go, I bet an elephant designed this. They're the smartest animal. They probably did that. I bet a monkey put this together. Right? We immediately jump to the highest order of intelligence and assume that without even thinking about it you would assume that you might look around whose watch is this I am I, mean, I might think I've got a free watch poor guy somewhere lost the watch but no matter what I do with that watch I assume that there was a human involved in how this watch came to be there poor guy lost his watch 
function is the product of a designer. Or stated another way, and this is probably what you've, we've boiled this argument down to, and you've probably heard this a thousand times. To see a watch requires a watchmaker. In other words, I assume a watchmaker when I see a watch. Well, The universe is so far more intricate and ordered as we've talked about. Right. It blows a watch away. The world demands a world maker. It's a world maker. I am more complex. So a human does, requires a human maker. We will meet our Maker. Right. That is God. The last one is uh, human design. Because I wanted to work my way up to really talk about... Because God did. God worked His way up and He saved His best creation for last. You read the days of creation and God said it was good and God said it was good and God said it was good and then on the last day He makes man and He says it was very good. This analysis is very good. I, I outdid myself. I made man. God works his way up. It's, it's, we are his opus. You think of it like that. We, he, he, he's like, okay, we'll do the little stuff here, but I'm, I'm saving my best for last, and then I'm, I'm done. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he knit us together in the womb, that we were... Uh, he uh, he knit us. He knit us. He put us. We're not just slapped together. There's amazing design. What, what's the most amazing piece of technology? You think of what's the most amazing piece of technology? What, what amazes you about technology? Then you think of, wow, that's amazing. Start learning about iPhone. iPhone is intricate. You know, think about the number of things in an iPhone and all the factories. Like, all these factories are, are close together, or most of them, when they build iPhone, because they, they need so many parts. And they have like this. So they have whole cities that are devoted to making certain parts of an iPhone, right? The iPhone is a tinker toy. It is compared to a human hand. Isaac Newton, he said, in the absence of any other proof, the thumb alone would convince me of the existence of God. Just the thumb. These are not stupid people we're talking about. I want to talk about the hand just a little bit. Just the hand. Just the technology of a hand. The hand shows far more intricate, thought-out technology than any similar-sized technology that we've ever come up with. It's just a little bit. Some of you guys remember anatomy? How many bones in the hand? Anybody? No, that's the body. Uh, I think I forget how many in the body. 
27 bones in, that, in one human hand. Oh, yeah, that's not. That's just the chassis. That's just the structure for it. <laughs> well, these are kept together. Well, on the ends of each of your joints, there's cartilage that protects it for up to 80, 90, 100 years of constant use. Think about that. Hey, you're using that thing all the time. It doesn't wear out. Wish my iPhone did that. I'll go back to the Apple store. It's not working yet. Right? <laughs> now, how's this thing going to work? Because this is really intricate. When you think about all the things you can do with your hands, it's amazing. Everything, everything in the design of it is intentional. Um, so, the, first of all, they've got to hold 27 bones together. That's a lot of bones to hold together. So God has in, created six types of ligaments. Types. There are 123 named ligaments. That's not including the unnamed ligaments in your hand. To hold your bones together. Just to hold them together. Well, you can't have muscles in your fingers because you'd have fat sausages. Right? So we've got to move these puppies. So God said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to have tendons attached to the ligaments and then on the other end they're going to attach to muscles that work these things. Well, you have all sorts of movements independent. So God said, oh, we're going to have to have a lot of tendons. There are six different kinds of tendons that do different things that I don't, I couldn't count how many, so I, I think there were fewer than the actual ligaments, but you got to have all this stuff moving. Now, to attach these next to the tendon, you actually have a system of pulleys, very small pulleys that attach and work these like levers. You don't even think about that when you're just doing whatever you're doing. There's all these pulleys. I mean, imagine, got to pull this one over here, do this one. It's so amazing. But we are just getting started. I'll, I'll wrap this up, though. There's 30 muscles in your hand. In your hand! 30 different muscles. Like, how are we getting... You see, we're putting layers on layers on layers, and we're not getting that big. You look back... When men decide to do stuff like this, you go back and look at the first calculators. You ever seen them? Seen a picture of the first calculator? It takes up a room. Right? That's when we make stuff. And it takes us... Talk about instantaneous. It's taken us, you know, the better part of a century to figure out how to get stuff small. just like he wants it. No, no second editions. Human 2.0. The first one didn't work quite. Just... There are 20... Now, so that this is functional, we need nerves. This is where the stuff gets amazing. There are 20 different types of nerves in your hand. There are a total of a thousand 
over a thousand individual nerves in your hand. In your hand. <laughs> How are we fitting this stuff in here? Well, we've got to keep this stuff alive, right? So we've got to feed it. Two arteries. Oh, this is not that amazing. Two arteries travel to your to your hand. They immediately branch off into a total of six to feed everything. However, they from there branch into all these capillaries and all the other words that I don't remember from biology, but I do know that if you laid them out lengthwise, you would have hundreds of miles of blood vessels in your hand. In the human body, there are over there are between 60 and 100,000 miles of blood vessels in the in the human body. How is God packaging this together? And then it's all wrapped up in skin that has five different layers. And seamlessly, without even thinking about it, the skin here on this side is different from the skin on this side. Not even to mention your fingernails. We, we don't even see where that stops and becomes this skin, but each skin is necessary for what it does. Then at the ends of your fingers, you have these things called fingerprints. Now, other than you know being a criminal and turning on my iPhone, what are these good for? Now, the difference between the smooth skin and the skin at your fingertips is that these are a thousand times better at sensing vibration, heat, a fine yeah, any any type of scientific, a thousand times better because of those fingerprints. It's all intentional. We are amazing. And anyone who can look at this and more and come up with an idea that we are an accident, we are intentional. We are a fine machine and this is what I want to close with. As a fine machine, you have a function. God designed you with a purpose, with a function that we would recognize from any watch. God designed you to be useful, whether it be as a part of a church or as a part of a society, as a part of a family. Everyone has a use that was thought out by God when he made it.